This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. everybody to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. I'm delighted to be joined uh, today by uh, Ian, Mark and Dave Fevs, uh, a distinguished trio there, all with uh, different views. Um, it's not looking great. The final score at Ewood Park last night, it finished Blackburn Rovers 2, City 1. For my part, I thought there was a 20-minute spell in the game where we looked half decent. We'll come on to that later, but it was a disappointing result. And it's one win now in six for a new manager, Liam Manning. Although, as Neil has pointed out to me, it's not that bad, really. When you look at Joe Edwards, the star of England under 20, goes in at Millwall. First game, wonderful, but not great since. They're two points off the relegation zone and playing Leicester tonight. So, you know, we're not the only team that are in a bit of a spot at the moment in the wake of having a new manager. Um, guys, I'll start with you first, Dave, because you always do bring a voice of reason, which when you look at OTIB in the last 12 hours, it's uh, gone into the predictable meltdown. As you normally do, Dave, what 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 were your immediate thoughts at 9.45 and as you sucked your cup of tea at the end of the game? I was really disappointed last night. I, I think I expected us to start to, you know, see more of Liam Manning's style of football out there. And if anything, it was more long ball, more direct than than, than we saw under, under Nigel Pearson. And I don't necessarily have a, a, a problem with that, but I expect us to be able to start to impose the way he wants to play in games against teams who are in the middle of the table with, with us. If we can't do it against those teams, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to bust that ceiling at any point, are we? So, yeah, I was very, very disappointed. I don't think, okay. you know, a 25-minute spell at the end of the game when you're 2-0 down really counts for too much. Okay. Ian, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts? I know you had a, a, a session on Radio Bristol last night, but, uh, you know, in the cold light of day, 12 hours later, what are you thinking? I'm thinking pretty much the same. Um Max O'Leary must have been told to do what he was doing last night 
and play whoosh football. Um, and I get what he was trying to do, I think. He was trying to pick up the second balls when their centre-halves won them because their defenders are always going to win balls in the air because we've got a forward line of, in football terms, midgets. So that's exactly where they want the ball. They want it in the air so they can get it up, they can win it, they can head it in. The problem was we weren't picking up the second balls all the time. Uh, we did rob their defence a couple of times, but we didn't test the keeper. And with that, the, the, the longer it goes on, you think, I don't think these I don't think these players are going to be able or some of these players are going to be able to adapt to play the way he wants to play. And the only way you cure that is with um, sign-ins. Mm. And as I as I've recently said, and I'll, I'll make the point briefly. We've got two massive problems down there. Now, there are lots, lots of little incremental parts of these two massive problems. But the two massive problems we've had an ongoing injury crisis for four yeah. four years and the second is we can't score goals and we haven't been able to since the wsm broke up no fair enough so uh, and and we you know we, in essence what nigel did was fixed one end of the team um and broke the other all right uh and when i say broke the other it broke up reasonably yeah. what i call naturally so those are the problems we got to solve. Um, Manning's not going to be able to solve that in five minutes that he's been here. So we just have to wait and see. But like Dave, I was extremely disappointed, not by the result, although it was a disappointing result, uh, but by the performance and the way we played okay. for the first 60 minutes. OK, Mark, what were, your, uh, what were your thoughts? You know, because it was, as Ian's just said, a mid-table game. Uh, mid-table team um they're prolific scoring but they let in a few as well what what you know the, was there any good of it anything good from your perspective yeah there were parts i mean overall incredibly frustrated because we didn't play of any intensity for 60 minutes we are capable of getting players who can step in midfield run at defenders and bring our wide men into into the game you know, if you've got, if you're centre backs, so you've got players running at you. If you know, it's hard to it's hard to cope with that. But if they're mm -hmm. just playing the ball around comfortably in front of you, it's much bit easier to sit in and defend. Uh, the good points were we 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 could see Rob Dickey uh, winning winning the ball uh, deep, stepping into midfield, making you know making tackles. And but something's got something's got to come of that. We've got to use that as a springboard. But nobody was prepared to either James or Williams, who was taken off, really, to put pressure on their centre backs and bring our players into play. Our forwards get knocked off the ball too easily. We haven't really got anybody who can hold the ball uh, with his back with his back to goal. And the one player really who tried to win the game on his own, Jason Knight. Um, you know, had three or four good chances. He had an excellent game, was and and uh, was unlucky not to score. Yeah, but and apart from that, the thing <clears> is, we're in we're in a lot of these games. It's very comfortable. Uh, you know, we're playing. We're, we're in. Blackburn didn't look look a cut above us at all. They passed the ball around nicely. They looked like they had us under pressure when we were one 0 down, but they didn't really force uh, no. O'Leary into any no. spectacular saves. It well, it was just it was basic mistakes again that cost us. Okay, Dave. Um, Mark's just said the starting midfield of James and Williams. You're not going to get 
and, and I don't want to talk about formations because I know it's fluid in, in games, but there's no creativity there at all and no real pace amongst those two. And whilst you've got Knight, um, you know, he's been a revelation as a player. But, you know, were you surprised at the starting lineup? You know, do you think maybe Conway deserved to start or out of form, Nicky Bell? Nicky Bell, out of form, Sam Bell was lucky to still keep his place. I was surprised at the lineup, not that I necessarily knew who was start, but I'm I'm really surprised that having gone from a, a fairly kind of like rigid selection policy under Nigel Pearson, which in you know principles of I kind of agreed agreed with, but I thought sometimes some players it was almost kind of quite difficult to to lose your place at times, and and then I thought what we'd see under Manning would be some some rotation, and and and. I couldn't understand, you know, one one selection last night, you know, for me was why wasn't Taylor Gardner Hickman starting? And I, I don't I don't necessarily care who who he who he played who he played played with who he left out for it because I also think Andy Vyman had a decent game on Saturday, and 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 he didn't start as as, as well. So I'm I'm a bit confused by why Taylor Gardner's been Gardner Hickman's been left out the last two games. You know, understand rotation. Surely starts one of them. Yeah, yeah just, no. just so, so I wasn't I wasn't enamoured with the team selection. I never judge a team selection before the game because you never know how they're going to go and play. I learned that lesson years ago under Lee Johnson. I went up to Newcastle and it was the probably the worst level I've ever seen picked. And yet we went two 0 up and got a two all draw. But so saw I that. Of, yeah, saw that. But <laughs> it, yeah, it just it just seemed seemed a strange way of rotating the side last night we had made one change and that was campering coming back in which was an obvious one but i thought there were some wrong choices out there let's say okay ian you raised your hand uh in approval there i mean tgh being left out of the starting lineup for both is that suggesting that he doesn't fancy him that much and he's thinking well if i don't play him then i'm not gonna give you know i don't have to buy him in the summer and you know we've already made that commitment there maybe that money can be better spent in Manning's eyes so do you agree with that and what did you think of the lineup yeah well I think you're reading into a conspiracy theory there but um with with Gardner Hickman but I I think he just made a selection error in the same way he did at QPR when he played Knight as a holding midfield player uh he hasn't made that mistake since uh and I hope he doesn't make the mistake we know Joe Williams can't play struggles to play two games a week, never mind three. He certainly can't play two on the banks. He certainly can't play Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday. So this comes back to what I was saying last time, that our people at the club talking to him and saying, well, you know, Joe, Joe doesn't play two games a week because if he does, he gets injured, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but no, I mean, had he made those, the changes that he made after 58 minutes at the start, I think it could have been a different game and we could have done much yeah. better because we have more energy and more legs. And one thing you need to do to play Manning ball is have energy and legs, which is another reason why I don't think some of the players will be up to it. The, the point Mark made about the strength in our forwards is, is absolutely right. We, we haven't got strong, strong, I mean physically strong mm. forwards. And in, unless you're going to put um, and something else he has tactically that 
you know, he could have done for the last half hour of the game would be to try to leave Conway on and bring um, Cornick on and play with two strikers. Uh, oh, the number of times we say our, that, Ian, play with two, play well, with all two. Of, but all of our strike it's a fact that all of our strikers are better in a two, and it, it's proven. And so in, unless all of a sudden we're going to start playing cosmic football, uh, like, you know, Barcelona-style football and play through teams and keep it on the floor all the time and all the rest of it, um, you're going to need two guys up front. And I, and I think all of ours are better next to somebody else. I mean, the best combination we got from what I've seen is Conway and Wells. But obviously, Naki's another one that it comes back to the injury thing again. And, there's him in- and when is he when is he going to come back? Because he was just going to be out for a few weeks, wasn't he? All right, let's move on. Mark, let's get let's get into the action. Um, you know, it wasn't as bad a night as uh, it was at uh, an afternoon up in uh, Huddersfield. And, you know, we started brightly. Conway over the top, but then they're prolific. And Smodic's, um, Smodic's having a free kick save. So a few early chances. But I'll come to you first on the first goal, Mark, and then each of you. Mark, how did you see that goal? They, they showed with one will-o'-the-wisp move how it should be done. Yeah, do you think we should have done better with the goal, Mark? Oh, God, yeah. Um, Scott Wharton, it's just over the halfway line. He passes the ball uh, to Sammy Smodix, but James is there. It's played across James. There's just a huge hole for Smodix to play the ball between uh, between Rob Dickey and Zach Viner to run into. Just you know, all round, all round bad. But I mean, James has just switched James. off. He's not. Tra- he's not marking Smodix. He's not marking anybody. So there's a huge space behind him. It goes between Dicky and Viner. Sigurdsson runs into it. He's in front of Viner and just clips it expertly over Max. One nil. Simple as that. Bad defending. Yeah. Uh, somebody. T- sorry. T- just a technical point. If somebody's got some speakers, I can hear a bit of feedback in the background. I don't know who yeah, that I can is. Hear that as well. Out of three of you. Obviously, it's not me because I'm at the desk. Uh, all right, you you next, Dave, for the goal. I mean, Mark's just alluded to, alluded to the fact that um, James was a bit slow and he goes through games. You know, what 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 did you think of the goal? Could it was it preventable? Was it a good strike? Should Zach have done better? Yeah, if, I, if you know, I, looking at my notes from last night and my my screenshots and from I saw that goal coming from the fourth minute of the game. Simple as that, because we do not screen our centre backs. We, there is no, it is no, you know, I'm, I'm probably starting to conclude some things about what I'm seeing from from Liam Manning from those opening six games. We are asking our two central midfielders to play differently to how we played under Nigel Pearson, and it exposes us. And you know, it, the amount of times I took screenshots last night of. The, the match while it was on, while it was on. and saw, saw you know 15 yeah. 20 yard gaps between Joe and Matty James and our two centre backs and with Smodix and uh, Niall Ennis and then people like Moran and um who was the other guy Sigurdsson um finding little pockets of space between them. Uh, I, I I was worried so I, I kind of saw that goal coming from really early on the game and it's something I spotted in the very first game against QPR is that we're trying to kind of press, but almost like press with a six rather than with a whole team. And therefore our, everyone bar the back four is kind of a bit higher up the pitch. And therefore we leave, we leave gaps. 
And and to be honest, they could have got in a couple of times before. I think there was one one there was one that got called offside. There were a couple where they overhit passes and things like that. So for me, it was totally avoidable because we should have picked it up from fourth minute of the game, and, and probably there was other instances before that. I sus- suspect. So yeah, I'm. It's one of my real worries at the moment is okay. we've gone from we've gone from a team that is really kind of hard to break down to a team that's suddenly easy to score against. And that's not because we're conceding lots of chances, but what we are doing is when we are conceding chances, they're ending up in the back of the net at the moment. And then, yeah. you know, some of those are individual mistakes, but I think fundamentally we don't look structured very well at, at the back at the moment. And it's highlighting some weaknesses. Ian, this is worrying what Dave's saying there about structure and setup and what have you. And, you know, we're supposedly now under the guidance of a, of a coaching guru. Now, one could argue that Pearson was on the training ground so little that you're not really comparing the hands-on coaching of Pearson with Manning, but you're comparing the hands-on coaching of Curtis Fleming and Jason Yule with Manning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Dave said that goal is avoidable. Um, what, what's your take on that? I mean, at the end of the day, Schmodix had a, had a lot of space to receive that pass, get on the half turn and flick it around the corner. Um, so you either go with him and kick him or you have somebody in front of him that stops him getting the ball. We didn't do either. Um, and sometimes you can go with him and the guy does something absolutely brilliant and you look a right Charlie because there's a big hole behind that you, you, you've walked out of. So, no, it, it, it was... I would say it was probably one of the better constructed goals we've conceded because we've conceded some right belters, haven't we? Um, mm. You know, Tanner's mistake at Huddersfield, uh, Tanner's mistake against Middlesbrough, Viner's own goal against Middlesbrough. We've conceded some real bad goals. It's not like, you know, as I said the other week, if somebody puts one in the corner from 35 yards, there's an whole lot we can do about that. But um, the... No, our, we, we've gone from a, a side that could defend and couldn't attack to a side that can't do either at the moment. So that's not that's not good. Um, if we're, if we're going to play with that more intense attacking front foot pressing style that we were promised, then you need to stick the ball in the net. Mm. And, and, and if, you, if you don't do that, that's what I say. I don't know whether the players that we've got have got or some of the players not all of them have have got that level of ability to be able to comfortably transition to that style i i i've got my doubts well and uh, there's our own our owner or son of owner um saying yeah really justifying the change which we all know was handled appallingly badly change of manager by the fact that you know feeling that Nigel wasn't getting the best out of what we've got. Dave, you raised your hand there. What were you going to interview? Yeah, so just just for the benefit of the, the, the people listening, trying to um, explain what I was on about just now, I've just actually posted a couple of screenshots from last night's game from the fourth and the eighth minute showing those gaps. So if you go onto Forever Bristol's Twitter page, you'll, you'll see some little screenshots with some little coloured pictures on them as well. There you go. Those of you who are watching and listening at the same time, and if you're watching it or listening to it on a podcast, 
those are on Dave's uh, feed on there. So what and what what are those little screenshots showing? Just the, showing uh, those gaps between the, the centre backs and the and, and the midfield and the two, you know, leaving pockets of space for in one of them it's Varane picking up a, a ball off of Smodix and another one is kind of just waiting for that ball to come through and, and just people then people like Pring then get sucked inside to try and cover as well. And it's then leaving, you know people out wide if they want to go wide and then get crosses in as well. So it just, it just looks fundamentally wrong it's, from what, it's, what it's, we have was a, a pretty solid defence, I think. It's, it's, it's worrying. OK, let's look. We go in half-time, 1-0 down. Uh, they almost got a second before half-time when Smodix was wide. So Smodix, our former uh, player. Let's talk about him with you first, Mark. Um, never given a fair crack at a whip at Ashton Gate, was he? Club in the bag and all the rest of it, yeah? I think he only he, he made apparently made four appearances. I think they were all substitute appearances, and they were only brief cameo roles. He, 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 he no, he, he was never he was never uh, really given a chance. I think was that um, nineteen twenty season. I think maybe the one the British season with COVID or eighteen nineteen. I don't know. I mean, we do know that he went to Peterborough, who have got you know they got a very good uh, record of polishing rough diamonds, and then he got a big. Uh, money moved to, to Blackburn and, and is was the uh, joint leading scorer in the division. He's able to drop off, find pockets of space. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of chances last night. We kept him quiet in the main. But, yeah, he's done very well since he, since he, went, since he went there. Mm. You know, he's, is he a similar he's, he's sort of player, would you say? You're probably, <clears throat> probably going to disagree with this, Mark. Similar sort of player to Jace, Jason Knight in the sense of that busy style or... You know, similar stature, isn't he? He's not big lad. Yeah, but he's a, he's a forward. Uh, I mean, Knight's uh, essentially an attacking midfield player. You know, he could play as a, num a number ten. He gives you a lot more defensively. I mean, he's his all round game is is is, is far is far better than Sammy Smodix. But Sammy Smodix is a proven goal scorer, and you know, he's mm. he's a proven goal scorer in a championship now. But who, who, who honed his craft at Peterborough? And I mean. I just can't remember what uh, m much of his time at Bristol City because it, I mean, it was just fleeting glances of him come on on his sub. Yeah. Never really got a chance to see him. And no. um, you know, I think we got in the same season. You know, we had Haki and Abdelakhan. Same things happened. He's he's gone backwards and he's gone back to probably found his natural. Uh, mm. You know, his you know his natural um, uh, position in 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 League One. So. But Smodix went backwards and he stro strode oh. on and he's, he's improved himself. So well done to him. OK, let's go into the second half. I'll come to you first, Ian, then you, Dave. But Ian, uh, you know, we go in 1-0. You're always in the game at 1-0. But then seven minutes into the second period, 2-0 uh, down. And I, I tweeted, second game, second goal, it's game over. Uh, well, how, how, how wrong was I to a point? But, uh, you know conceding a goal from a dead ball situation, that's not great either, is it? And again, I'm going to point a finger at James. You know, he didn't seem, he was rooted to the ground when that bloke came in. But how did you see the goal from the corner here? It was just a poor goal. I mean, it was a, a high ball to the far post and their guy basically jumped almost unopposed. It seemed like everybody was waiting for somebody else to head it or waiting for Rob Dickey to head it. We're not, we're not the tallest team in the league by a long way, but we haven't conceded that many direct from corners and set pieces. So um, I, I said it, it was just a, a bad goal. I mean, you need to mark 
to mark people. If you're not going to be able to out jump the guy, at least jump into him, block his run, do something. But my criticism would be it would just way too easy. Um, uh, and he's come in, edited it unopposed, firm downward header, 2 0. And it, I, I thought it, when it went in, I thought exactly the same as you. Um, yeah. I can't see us coming back from this. Um, Sykes, he gave us some hope with that goal. But uh, the, the, the changes came came too late right. in the game. And I think that had a lot to do with our performance. OK, Dave, you, you, you on the goal and the other point you wanted to raise. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've not got anything really to, to add to, to what the guys have said on the goal, really. You know, it's a, a poor goal. I think, if anything, uh, I, I haven't watched it back since the, the replays at the, at the time, but there was, I got an impression that kind of Dickie was dragged underneath the ball by another of their centre-backs and that left uh, Warren kind of that, that space to, to be unopposed. And I think, you know, I think you've got to look around and say, People just got to take some responsibility for just trying to trying to win the ball. You know, that's what that's what you do there. And I think I was just going to make the point about about Smoddix as well. You know, it was that he came, he looked really really sharp in pre season, and then we signed Casey Palmer two days before the season started, and mm. and that was the end of it really. So uh, that that's the history of Sammy Smoddix. I think he started once, maybe three sub appearances, yeah. but it was about seventy minutes in in total. And yeah, there we go. Okay, Mark, on to you. You're putting your hand up, so we're far away. Yeah, I've just remembered that goal remind me of the Cardiff game. Uh, Cardiff goal, I think, by Perry NG. So uh, uh, Dickie's the wrong side of the ball, so he's not able to get over the players. He's almost trying to jump over our players to get to, get to the ball. And Wharton, really, he's, he's, he's got four players around him. You think one of them would just need to jump into him to make it harder for him. Because normally what happens if you do that, if you put a, 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 a defender or a forward under pressure, they tend to head the ball up because they can't get their head. They can't direct the ball into the, into the goal. And that's what he did. But he just did it so easily. And he didn't, you know, it wasn't, he didn't, he didn't have to take a, a running jump. He just climbed over our defenders. Like I, I said on Radio Bristol, it was almost like he was walking up a step ladder to his loft and then he just headed it in. It was mm. that simple. And that, that's, that's the very poor thing. A very, very sloppy goal to concede. Yeah. Uh, one Wharton yeah, to the yeah. other because they had two. They had the Wharton brothers, didn't they? Adam playing they in midfield. They did one set up the assist, and, uh, the assist in the first yeah, half. Scott, Scott, the uh, Scott playing yeah. at the back, and Scott got lots of touches last night. I think he was. Uh, I think he had about ninety odd, odd passes, and uh, yeah, I think he was quite effective for them. Okay, Ian, uh, you alluded to the subs. I thought that period of twenty minutes from the sixtieth to the eightieth minute when you had. Uh, Cornick was on and Mehmeti was on again. Some people thought he did okay last night. He's still not physical enough. TGH came on, made a difference in midfield, but then he went and redid. And the good paid off with a goal. I mean, that was a well-worked goal, Ian, wasn't it? Yeah, TGH tonight and Sykes and, you know, he's a good little player, Sykes, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and when you think, you know, they say, well... January's a difficult window and the players aren't out there and this, that and the other. We got in for nothing from a League One team. So there are players about, but it's about it's a matter of scouting. I mean, fair play to sounds like it was Tinian or or one of his one of his guys that scouted Sykes. 
So good signing. I think he might have originally been brought in to play right wing back, but uh, we don't know the ins and outs of that. But yeah, he's a, he's a good player. And I like him in that position. And I think in, in some ways, Manning might feel more comfortable in playing the three at the back and having Sykes and Pring his wing backs. But he can't do, do that, that without he can't do that without blooding um, a youngster. Uh, because at the moment, all of our centre-backs, as usual, are injured. Well, I say all of them, all of them bar two. Um, so, and, and Well, actually, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. There's, I mean, if you look on here, I mean, John H has said, still looking for the best formation and best 11. Bay can't wait for the return of Wells, McCrory, Atkinson and Naismith can all play yeah. in a three, I would imagine. Yes. So, well, two of them do. Well, they can. Maybe McCrory can as well. Yeah, but they position is right back. Well, they, McCrory can also play in midfield, but he's got to be fit first, and they're not going to be back until January. Now, Naki mm. probably might even be back um, on the bench on Saturday, from from what I'm hearing. So, but the other three, I don't think you're going to see him until January. Oh, there um, it is. Okay. So yeah, uh, I mean, uh, and the knees miss off for another another scan, and we all know what that means. It's never good news, is it? No. Um, so you know, I've had the scan, so I'll be back next week. It, it, it that just doesn't happen. Um, mm. And based on this is calf again. That's four calf injuries he's had. Um, hamstring Ian. Well, according to Bristol, I thought it was hamstring day, but according yeah. to Bristol Live, it was his calf. Um, yeah, I thought it was his well, hamstring uh, that he did it. Yeah, he did against it against Southampton. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, it, I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong in there, right? I mean, they could be. They could easily be wrong. But I thought it was his That's hamstring. That's how it was announced. Ian was it? It was hamstring. Yeah. 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 But that's, okay. I mean, to be honest, that was what to, to be honest, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't really matter what it is. He can't play. He's not. He's not. Um, he's not available for selection. He's not Dave. available. And and. So you, you know, it's, it's already saying, well, we can do this, we can do that, we can do the other. Yeah, but and you can bet your life, and I'm not trying to be miserable here, but you can. What tends to happen is, as soon as they come back, another two or three go missing. Well, so mm -hmm. I, 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 I just, I'm a bit nonplussed with it all. Really, is to, is that how we're going to solve it? And I, I think the only way you solve it is, it, sorry, it, even if it's only in the short term. Is is bringing more players and and well, loans, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about players in a minute because the transfer window opening is drawing ever closer. Dave, um, we got that goal and and then I'll call it that golden twenty minute spell before he undid what he happened to have come across because the goal, good strike. Then we had James Knight, James set up uh, Knight shot one wide, Sykes lung busting 60 yard run and Knight just couldn't bring the ball out from under his feet bought a save from the goalkeeper and then 78 minutes on the clock Pring, Mimetti, back to Pring cross, Knight with a header I mean we're talking about Knight as a attacking midfielder but it, there he is on the end of uh, three good chances yeah um, where, where's where's the rest of the strike force and then, and then, and then Liam undoes it by bringing off um he takes off. Um, who comes off very late on? Takes off sight and night and night. So, what did you think of that? Was a purple patch that we did enough to get an equaliser there, in my view. And I thought we looked decent. I mean, I was bored witless in the first half, but that little twenty-minute spell when we got the goal, we raised our game. 
And I yeah. thought we were okay. I didn't feel suicidal like a lot of people seem to be when you read the forum this morning. We, we, yeah, we did. I think, you know, when we conceded the second goal for about five minutes afterwards, you know, football term, our heads were all over the place. No one wanted the ball. It was panic stations. And, I, and mm. you know, at that point, I, I, I feared a, you know, a third and a, and a fourth as well. And I think, in, you know, that had kind of been quite destroying for us. But, yeah, we made we made the subs. We got back into it. We played with a bit more intent, um, whatever that means. Um, but we did. We started to move the ball forward. We started to keep the ball. No, no kind of surprise that suddenly Matty James is getting on the ball more. Um, whether Blackburn switched off a bit at that point, two 0 up, quite possibly. We certainly seem to have a bit more time to be able to find our find our passes. And then, yeah, and then we made some subs. Which uh, the the easy answer to that is they've played a lot of minutes, they're mm. tiring, and we got another game. But they were the two players, you know, along with you know people like Mimetti and Cornick were starting to get involved as well. That were fashioning chances for us, and and it yeah. kind of just seemed to be, don't you just don't you just try and play them through tonight to the end of the game and try and get something because we're in the ascendancy. And, and it just it didn't quite work for me. I, and once again, you, you know what I like. I think there's a couple of kind of excuses coming out from Manning in terms of some of his some of his choices and selections. And he said on Saturday, and I, I can't sort of heart back to that, but he he made some comment after the game that he took sights off because he played a lot of minutes. Yeah, I can't argue with that. But he said George Tanner was starting to get exposed. Well, I went back and watched that 15 minutes of the second half again, and and it and it's just not true. There are a couple of Headley, their left wing back, hadn't had a kick all game until he took Sykes off, and we changed formation at that point as well, and it undid us. And I think, you know, I'm going to be critical. I'm only an amateur. I'm only a fan, but I think there's some big questions about being able to read the game. And that's not just down to him, that's down to his assistant, it's down to James Krause, who's the guy he's brought in as this analyst coach. You know, I, I do sometimes wonder what they're what they're feeding back. Because... Do you think, Dave, do you think, Dave, there's a general lack of experience? And when Manning was appointed, I looked at who his team were at Oxford, and he had a player at, for, he had one of his team who's still at Oxford, Craig Short, who is you know, he's not football royalty by a country mile, but he's played most of his football at a higher level. And whereas Lee Johnson's ego was so big that he'd never have an experienced head alongside him, John Ward wanted an experienced head alongside him, and he was an experienced manager. And you've got two guys that have been given keys to, I won't say a battleship, but, you know, they're playing ability technically Manning might be superb with all the badges and he's been exposed to environments but do you think we need an old head and as I said on a podcast not so many weeks ago oh we have that old head in Nigel Pearson and Nigel could maybe have guided these people on their way but then we know Pearson was gotten rid of because the Lansdowns didn't like his attitude and him calling their policy bonkers and that he was irritated. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of loath you know, to to reach too many conclusions. I guess I'm I'm just highlighting what I've what I've seen so far. But yeah, there's definitely a lack of experience. You know, the whole point of Nigel's setup, in my opinion, was 
we're aiming for the Premier League. You know, we can laugh and joke a little bit about that at this moment in time. Therefore, I need people who know what, what it takes to be in the Premier League. And, and, and he had that in Fleming, he had that in Ewell, he had it in Dave Rennie. And now we've got we've got none of it. You know, we we've got you know, you can look all the way across the structure and and, and I don't I'm not gonna kind of be disparaging of people. There's a hell of a load of hate for Brian Tinian going round at the moment. I don't know the dynamics inside the HPC, so I'm not gonna comment that. You know, there's loads of stuff about oh he's a snake. I, I just have to kind of judge him on on what happens in, in, in the current structure. But you've got John Lansdowne as chairman, who's you know, he's not chairman of a of a of a of a thirty million turnover company, is he? Um, you've got Gavin Marshall, who's a finance guy, you know, mm. very good at his finances. But is is he a CEO? What experience has he got for to be a CEO? I, I, I don't know. We've got the young guy, I say young guy's probably his third, isn't he? Tom Rawcliffe, who's stepping up into be a CEO COO from a finance position. Yeah. And then we've got you know, guys in the coaching setup. Well, that, that that haven't experienced that. And, and to be fair, Dave, to, to be at Dave, and so, yeah, you know, unless, unless they really are super coaches and superman managers, then it's going to be a shit show. Have a void, and, I'm afraid. And we said on this podcast that Phil Alexander was um, was was um, yeah, Mister Invisible. But again, he was that potential to be that father figure at age 60 61 right and i'm rapidly coming to the view that he was probably an advocate of nigel pearson and that's what probably cost him his job that he still well i'm not going to sack him i'm not going to do your dirty work for you right you next in i mean we've we've gone on a bit there about you know the structure and the lack of experience yeah never mind players right because these players were not doing great under Pearson, but there's the injuries. And we just mentioned four players. If they were in the team now, would it be different? Wells, Macquarie, Atkinson, Naismith, they'd all be first picks. But what is your view on this lack of experience at every level in the club, Ian? Every level, on and off the pitch. So should we go to Ipswich and get Mark Ashton? Because he's got lots of experience and he's got a very inexperienced coach and they're 10 points clear of third place. Uh, so I, I think and that's the answer. I'm sorry, but you're 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 on that forum too much, and you're going down that many rabbit holes. I can't believe it. You know, we've got a conspiracy theory. Nigel Pearson would still be manager at that club if he hadn't started throwing hand grenades. Yeah, right. right? That's what I said. What, what yeah. is he throwing hand grenades in? That's what you need to ask. Well, no, uh, well, the, the reason he was throwing hand grenades is he wanted a new contract, and he wasn't going to get one. And and. I, I, you know, whether that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, um, he he knew what he was doing. He was a, a clever bloke. He's, he's not daft. He ain't one of these blokes that sort of engage mouth before engaging brain. He, he knew what he was saying. And it was only going to end one way once that started, because I think he would still be there as our manager and we'd have made the change in the summer. That That's my understanding of what the situation would be. But I think he, he but they pushed them into him a in, that, on, in terms of what they're expecting to get out of that team, what happened around the Alex Scott transfer. They've basically pulled the rug from under his feet and given him no chance, haven't they? So 
that you know that mm. and, and you could say that with all the all the players we've we've signed dave i'm not taking the the the, the side of the board but if they wanted to make a change I think they they'd have made they'd have made let this contract run down, and done it more in the summer, but they so didn't. Why didn't they? they, they well, be, because they he started. Because he, he started. You you can't. I've said it a load of times on air. You can't start throwing hand grenades at owners. No, but they won't he, have you can't. He, 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 he Dave's trying to say why didn't they say right? So if he's why not he's, get rid of he, the was saying. Pearson was saying, "Yeah, how, how, how do you know? How do you know? All right, because they all right, well, you, how, all right. So how do you know they didn't have that conversation? Well, he should have said in the job. He was still in the job till October. That's well, why. How do you know they the didn't summer. have the conversation about the summer and say, look, we're not going to give you a new contract? Well, I mean, they didn't offer him a new contract, so that that tell, tells you what you want to know. They could have easily said to him, well." Or what I would have said, and I suggested it plenty of times on here, is, well, look, Nigel, we're about, we're 14th in the table, wherever we are. Um, it ain't going gangbusters, but you're doing okay. Let's see where we are in the summer. But he didn't seem happy with that for some reason. I don't know. Now, on the Scott money, they're expecting the to club... No, no, hang on. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's do this now, because... in. In the summer, Brian Tinian, and you were at the same bloody lunch I was at, Dave, said, I said to him, how many players are we going to sign this season, Brian? We're going to sign three. All right. If Scotty goes, we're going to sign four. Five. Four or five. Yeah. Over. He said, we finished up signing six. Right. Because we had to get the goalkeeper because Walls Richards hurt himself. And uh, we went out and got Taylor Gardner-Ickman because McCrory had picked up a long-termer right so and, and Nigel and Brian Tinian said everybody was bought into that we're gonna get three four if Scotty goes we've got that was the plan a was three the plan b was four now that's what they were all bought into Tinian said and he said that in the summer before there was any yeah. transfer well, activity right, at all. because I heard him say that Ian's right yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that's what he said now if Nigel didn't agree with that and he expected a lot of money. And by the way, I think he should have been given some money when we sold Scott. Okay, not all of it by a long way, because we know we're only getting to get it get it over four years of his contract or whatever it is. And great to see that the Premier League have now decided to make a change, and they can only amortise players' contracts over five years. That's that's a good move. So, but what I think people, um, what you've got to say is. They, they've made the change now. I think they should have given him some money to strengthen, not just because we sold Scotty, but because of all the blasted all right. injuries again. But, but yeah, there you go. Let me 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 we didn't because we had long-term injuries. We had Rob Atkinson, who's still not back. He was not going to be back yeah. until November, December. We have Eamon Benarus, who, you know, dread to think when he's going to going to come back. So, And then we sold Alex Scott as well. So we didn't have two players for every position. I think just a couple of things, you know, Matt Morris just put someone. I know Matt, hi, Matt. Um, I don't think Nigel Pearson was the answer to everything. But what I do think is he was slowly building the club in the right direction. And we've taken a huge gamble 
in ripping that up. And I think just going back on your point, we they have retrofitted a story around budget set in March and all that stuff. They've absolutely pulled the rug from under Nigel Pearson's feet from what was agreed, and they've and basically, I think he's, you know. He's gone the way of Cottrell, he's voiced his opinion, and you're probably right, he probably could have stayed there, but he probably thought, yeah, what, what's, what's the point when I'm going to be not going to contract next summer and they're making it more and more difficult for me to achieve with what I've got because I haven't got the squad to meet the expectations of what they said they, they wanted. And, and, you know, that's my view. And it's not about reading the forum. Blimey, on the forum, I'm the one, I'm the one probably leading a lot of that kind of conversation so i'm certainly not taking a view from other people this is my own my own thoughts on it yeah mark I didn't you say it wasn't your own patiently. thoughts i was talking to dave about going down yeah. rabbit holes i mean no, we, but, we, you know and, and we try to be balanced on here you know because we have been accused of being sort of on the happy crappy side of things but the chickens are coming home to roost a bit at the moment right mark <laughs> you've been waiting patiently Sorry, yeah mark, I, was I thought you for, i thought you've forgotten about me um I think we this we we become sidetracked by the whole issue around the club. It, they, it was a complete and utter mess they made with you know with Nigel Pearson's exit. But that's all gone now. We've got to think about how the team improves over the coming games and start going up the league. I mean, I think the situation that Liam inherited it means we probably got to go backwards to go forwards, and fans don't don't like that. They don't like that at all. They're uncomfortable with that. And in the last home game, the silence, you know, was was just terrible. You you, you know, you could you could hear, you could feel the tension running throughout the stadium. You know, at one nil, one all, until they scored scored that goal and the, and the stands emptied. But I think that there are some positive. There is some positive uh, positive signs. The players need to be mentally stronger and have more energy. Take some responsibility. I mean, going back to that, James. You know, it, shouldn't James have just been marking Smodix or getting closer to him? I don't know. It's just a simple, a simple act of marking a player. I don't think it's it's rocket science that he needed to be closer to him to close that to close that space down from a standing start from Morton's pass. Those little things, you know, defending defending corners. That would have been the same under Pearson. Is it as under Manning? But we need to play with more energy. I think you know we we, we either press more or we or we don't. Um, but we just we do need to play with more energy. And the reason that the team's been rotated is because players aren't in form. Um, I'd like to see Mametti start against. I think Mametti edges Bell out uh, to start against uh, Sunderland. They're going to pose us a lot more problems uh, than Blackburn did. But it's the problem with both of them is that they both can't defend. Once they are the wrong side of their opponents, they find it very difficult to tackle back, especially Mimetti. But he did look better. He took a little while to grow into it, but he took his he took his player on. And you know, if he'd been in the Premier League, he probably would have got a penalty. He had his shirt pulled off his back before he tried a cross shot. So it's just players taking responsibility, like we you know we got the centre backs. Stepping into midfield, I like that. I'd like a, a midfielder, you know, who can help release Knight. When Cornet came on last night, he linked the attack very well. I think the mistakes that Manning's making are things like the substitutions 
that weakened us last night. I'd rather see Sykes run into the ground. I mean, that run he made down the right-hand side was Tremendous brilliant. Run. And, it, and, and it's not like an, this is yeah. Wednesday. It's not like it was a Wednesday night game. No, because no. This, you know, he's a fit bloke, right? And in the old days, it was Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, right? It's not like we're playing Saturday lunchtime even. It's Tuesday night, right? I And he's taking him off in every game. He's taking him off in every game, I believe. Somebody said. Yeah, so. yeah. I but that I mean, I, you know, it's it's hacking fret. Once those substitutions were made, and he he got into the game, Cornick was was linking in well. Now Cornick is a forward player. He can't play with his back to goal, but he you know he did he did some things right by linking the play well. Something that Tommy wasn't yeah. doing, and that's another thing. Yeah. With with Tommy not taking those chances, you know, early early on. Williams turns the ball over and he gets a, ch a chance one-on-one -on -one with the defender and he can't keep the ball down. We're creating chances. We're in every game. We're not we're, getting... We're, we're we're not getting it's like a game every, it's not, we're losing yeah. every game. We're yeah, but it's, every, not, not it's, not, it's not a shit show. We're, we're a no. team that, they're, you know, I think Ian's alluded to it before. We're almost doing things right. That's the frustrating things. We're losing we're almost a game of snooker. This. It's like losing a game of snooker on the pink or the blue. We're not like... Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're not... not being we, like, I think we've been... Well, yeah. last, night, last night's statistics in terms of shots, you know, th okay, they had 13, three on target. We had 11 shots, right? And there was a time when, away from home, we weren't ever getting into double figures. We've had away games where we've managed three shots on target in as many games. Five. Of well, them I'd like, I'd like to see players. I'd like to see players. I mean, look at Jason Knight. All his chances were half chances. Right. Okay. Blocked on, uh, on the left channel in the first right. half. Opens up. Keeper makes a great save in the second half. Header and then that that uh, cross from from Sykes, he takes a step back and a turn. They weren't they weren't clear cut chances. They they demanded some work from Knight, but we need other players to be able to do that in the in the forward right. line. But we do okay. keep making Dave. chances. If we didn't, I'd be worried. Right, Dave then Ian, um, and Ian alluded to the fact that Sunderland beat Leeds one 0 last night. Watched a bit of their game at the weekend uh, that was on telly. Um, yeah, they are going to be a different proposition. And I know it's a squad game, right? So it's not like it's the 11 players that start, finish the game. How would you line up on Saturday, Dave, against Sunderland, who are going to come with a big crowd from up north, up there, uh, well-supported team? It's going to be a tough game. Uh, and it's a it's, it's not a must-win, but it's a we need a morale booster win. So how would you line up on Saturday against them? Starting you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel at the moment now. Um, I don't think I've seen too much kind of consistency in selection to kind of know how I, how I would play. I think I'd, I'd, I'd have to bring Gardner Hickman in. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Um, it's a really difficult one. I, I, I'm gonna def I'm gonna defer, which is most not, I'm right. just, I'm not Let me ask sure you a couple what... of questions linked to that. Would you start Mickey Bell on Saturday? Has he done enough no. to deserve a starting place? No, no, no. he's in his fourth he's in his Sam he's Bell. in his fifties. I wouldn't I wouldn't Mickey start Bell, Mickey Sam Bell. Bell. Sorry, I'm living in a time war. I think I think he's you know, I've got to before. <laughs> I, I think I think he's I think he's still playing like he's an academy player. He's he's very immature in his in his in his way he plays and I, I don't okay. think it's particularly helping us at the moment and I don't I don't think it's helping Cam Pring either. So we need to find some way of getting the best out of Cam Pring who in that last 
25 minutes look look really good last night again so 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 no i wouldn't so there's a couple of players who will miss out but i, I think i just want to get my what i th- think are my best players on the pitch i'm not too fussed about formations and things like that so i want taylor garner hickman on the pitch because i think he's one of our, our better players I, I want tommy conway on the pitch i think he's yeah. our best striker um jason knight um dicky the pring yeah so i probably Some players I, I, pick I, I themselves could, I, could Dave, don't pick, they? I could probably pick your 11 i wouldn't know how to put them out though all right, let me ask Ian the question then. Ian, come on, you're they, they've been watching us and they say, right, you lot, you think you can do better. Right, Ian, in the dressing room, who are you picking to walk out at three o'clock at Ashton Gate on Saturday? I, I look, there are two formations. One of them is more, I would say, risky than the other because it means right. giving a debut to Jamie Knight the Bell. But uh, 4-1-3-2. So you've got the same back four as last night. Matty James holding the three in front are Taylor Gardner, Hickman, Sykes and Knight. And then the two up front are Tommy. And if he's fit, Naki. If he's not fit, Harry. Uh, then if you want, because Sunderland play a 3-4-3 three, three, and they're three up front. i got a feeling if it's the same Pritchard, that they had before the little fellow who came on and turned the game against them. He might be playing with a false nine. Um, but you look at the players either side and they're they're useful. You you've got um uh Ba and uh, Jack, the winger Jack Clark. Clark. Jack Clark, yeah. Jack Clark, good, good player. So you you've got them, you've got young uh, you've got Jude Bellingham's brother uh, in the middle of the field. I think night, he yeah. got the goal last night. So uh, the other option is you go with a, a three at the back uh, with bringing Sykes as your wing backs. Then you've got Knight LaBelle on the right, Viner in the middle, Rob Dickey on the left of that back three. Um, then your midfield is um, James Knight and Taylor Gardner Hickman, your three central guys. And then up front, the same two. So I, I, I just think that the, the issue with Tommy, I think he's trying hard enough, might even be trying too hard. Um, and we know the kid can finish because we've seen him do it. But he needs company up there and he needs somebody to play off, play with, um, take some of the weight off him and stop him getting isolated. And Dave mentioned the gaps that were there last night between um, the back four and the midfield and the midfield and the forwards. And it, it's just you you play good sides and they'll just fill those gaps with blokes who are going to get on the ball, get on the half turn and get you in a lot of trouble. Um, and, and and last night, another thing that went wrong last night was our passing accuracy was lousy. Um, so I, I think that would be my two right. alternatives. Okay. Um, just more or less to get, t- well, to get some time yeah, from my own perspective. Sorry about yeah. this. Mark, are you agreeing sort of loosely with what Ian? I, I think what Ian said as a side there, I think your risky side, Ian, was Jamie Knight LaBelle, but you went on with the safe formation, which is why I asked you what do you think is likely to happen. Mark, yeah. would you would yeah. you make any I mean, would, would you maybe try Tanner uh, get your best players on the pitch? So really get Tanner off because he's been the butt of some criticism. He wasn't great, he wasn't bad last night, but you could put Sykes as a conventional right back where he played in a four. And then I'm not his fan, but get your best players on the pitch. Bring Andy Vyman on playing in that wide right role. 
No. I'm not in favour of that, but what, no. what would your lineup be, Mark? I try something, I try something, I try something a bit different um, to give some uh, some solidity and, and, and let Knight play. So I would bring in Taylor Garner-Hitman for uh, for Joe Williams, and I bring in Mimetti for Bell, and I play 4-4-1-1. So you've got Knight behind Tommy Conway. So Knight can drop back into the midfield uh, in, as a five, or he can, or he, uh, uh, when we're in defence, and he can play alongside Conway when we're attacking and give him some assistance. That means we can yeah. play Mimetti, uh, Mimetti uh, wide uh, on one on one flank, uh, and Sykes on on the other. And Sykes obviously got uh, he's got defensive capabilities to protect Tanner. The only thing is, we may be a little bit weak on the left because Mimetti isn't as is, is good defensively, but he will have to keep close to the bell. But that gives you some solidity and will make it harder for us to play play through. I think we need we, we need to let Sunderland have more possession and try and turn the ball over. Yeah. I like, uh, if we I do like that, that with a defensive like side, even a block, we can yeah, do that. I like that side you picked there, Mark, for what it's Thank worth. You. I, I know jack shit when it comes to the final points of the game. Not Jack okay. Clark, then. Um, uh, we're we're coming up to the Christmas New Year period before. Can we just um, say? Can we just say one thing? Yeah, I felt very old last night when James Hill came on. Matt oh, Hill's son, son. Yeah, who yeah. it will be twenty-one. He'll be twenty-one in January. He's on loan from Bournemouth. But Matt Hill's son, Matt Hill, was at school with my cousin. My cousin's forty-three. Right. right. <laughs> so the transfer window opens on the first of Jan, and we're playing home to Millwall that day. Uh, but before then, we got the Sunderland Hull home games, Watford, Birmingham away, five games, five points based on recent form. Yeah, where would that put us? I mean, I'm starting to look at QPR who've turned around a bit of form, so I don't think the bottom three are cut and dried. Do you think, I'll start with you, Dave, and Tomo said this on the text feed on here, he thinks he thinks um, uh, uh, Lansdowne, John, he's going to spend five million quid in the January window. Do you think that's likely? And if it is, is it really saving face? And do you think Daddy will say, well, hang on, we've screwed up here, right? What What do you think is going to happen in that transfer window? Because we could, if the current form continues, we could be closer to the relegation position than we are the playoff positions. So... Are they going to splash the cash in Jan, Dave, as a save face exercise? Are, what are we at the moment? I think we're seven points either way, aren't we, at the moment? Something like so that, Romney, yeah. So, um, yeah. Splash the cash. I, I think we will make some signings. I think we'll spend some money. I, I don't know how much. I think it'll depend on really what they're trying to do in, in, in this window. And we'll have to probably be a bit, you know, guided by what, what we see i guess my problem at the moment is i actually don't know what we need at the moment because i don't know how we're playing and so we're, we seem to be flip-flopping between you know trying to trying to play one way or, or the other and i think that makes it difficult to recruit because you're also not once again don't necessarily recruit to the formation you want to play but you need to if you if we're going to flip-flop between playing a back four one game or one half and then a back three the, the other like we did on, on Saturday where we, we started with one and went to the other, then you're going to need flexible players. And if, you, if you're going for flexible players, you're narrowing your field of players. So I, I think this goes back to my 
my underlying thought at the moment is he's trying to make too much change too quickly. And there wasn't a lot wrong with what, what we had. Matt Moore, you'll disagree with me. Yeah, it wasn't perfect under Nigel Pearson by any stretch, but we had a solid mid-table side that, to all intents and purposes, the only gap was they're not being coached properly to achieve what they're capable of. So let's not try and rebuild Rome straight away. I, I was I kind of find to take this back into kind of real life work experiences. You know, you don't go in on day one and make changes. No, you you have to have an evaluation period. And and this thirteen games before the end of the window, or ten games before the start of the, the window, should have been the evaluation period to say not only what do we need in the window if we need anything, but how exactly do I want to play? Because we actually heard from Liam Manning when he when he came along he's, he's adaptable and 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 I guess one of the things I'm slightly disappointed with and that's a kind of trend towards disappointment is actually seems like it's he's only got one way of playing and he's not as adaptable as what he said he is and he's trying to make that fit what he's got here and I think that's that's kind of mistake number one just he just been a bit more patient yeah, and picking up on that, Dave, I saw his interview post-match last night. And, I mean, being questioned by Dave Barton is like being attacked by a dead sheep, uh, to coin a phrase, right? But he was back to looking at the ground and he looked, I'm going to use the phrase, a little bit like the rabbit in headlights. He was using a couple of his buzzwords in there and he's not got the slick, he's not got the slick, cheeky, chappy thing that Lee Johnson had. But, you know, it, it he, he, he looked a bit, subdued last night i thought in the interview he did i didn't think it was i, I heard the radio bristol one last night before i came on here i, I watched the, the the club one because there was a fair sense of, of of what you've just said on on the forums last night i don't think it was too bad an interview to be honest i think you know it's a bit of you know rhetoric going on and you know about looking down at the ground or whatever and i think he his head's up enough of it to for, for me i i I think it's one of those interviews, you know, you've lost 2-1 away from home. We weren't very good for an hour. Although I probably contradict that. I actually, I thought in, in bits and pieces there were some decent things last night. I'm not going to go all in on we lost, therefore it's all crap. Because actually there were some bits in that opening 20 minutes mm. where for once we actually pinched the ball high and we created some some chances. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, on, on the flip side, there were like huge gaping holes in some parts of our structure. Um, but you know, they try and be as balanced as possible. And I think okay. it was a it was a bit of a, a funny old game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna basically take last night as being all defining. I think there's there's yeah. more to come from him. We need to just see how these next next few games go and then we can start to make a make our kind make of a firm game. judgment because up to Millwall that'll take us up to eleven games in charge. Yeah, Ian that's do you think do you think Lalanne sounds or a junior is going to be saying that that I think we've beep up here? Um look, we gotta save face, you know. We 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 gotta we got we gotta give 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 him some money to spend. Brian knows who to buy, we got some money, let's go, and then they'll dress it up as bringing forward our summer plan. So do you think we'll splash the cash? Do you think we might even enter the loan market, which is the same but different? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the answer to that in, in one word is yes. Um, splash the cash is probably a bit strong. I think there'll be 
money available and there certainly be money available for wages and loans uh, but in simple terms uh, John in particular can't afford for Manning to fail so they will back him probably and and it isn't fair but they'll they'll back him more than they would have backed Nigel if Nigel was still here um, and and I I don't agree with that but it is I think it's the reality of the situation that they find themselves in uh they make some some good points about decide what you want to do so do you want to go do you want to play a three play a three if you want to play a four and you want to you know whatever you want to do decide on that style um I think he's complicated a little bit because he wants to play one style in possession and another style out of possession and I think the players are getting a bit confused at times as to whether they're Arthur or Martha and thinking well hang on a minute do I go do I stay do I what's he doing um and he changes that in game and that is something you can do if you've got Premier League players you know your Liverpools your Man Cities your Arsenals they get it they can do it <laughs> you, you you the further down the the pyramid you go the players are a little bit uh, uh, yet yeah, what eh and by the time they've made the choice you know someone's run past them or they're in the wrong place or they've missed a chance so i think yeah that that's important he's going to decide and and if i was um john lansdowne i'd be sitting in a room with him in tinian when they're saying well we want a million quid for this and we got to pay this bloke 15 grand a week if we want him and we want the other and i'd be saying right well tell me with the players that we've got where do they fit in show me in a formation up on there we're playing a game saturday we go out and get these players where are they playing and by the way where, where are you going to fit in the lads that we've already got or do you want to get rid of some of the ones we got do you want do you want to try and sell andy byman for example um as as a sellable asset do you want to sell sam bell or england under 20 international or tommy. Do, do you want to or tommy uh, do you want to do that or or so tell me how it's all going to work because we don't want to end up with 35 players plan, that, my own view yeah yeah it's a real plan right. and my own view is that 27 which is what our squad is at now officially including four goalies it said that so you come out you say right well, i got 23 outfield players but the point i was making at right at the start of the season when i was getting decried for it was we've got to allow for between four and six injured players yeah. because of the way it's been now i i please god we don't have to keep doing that because that's going to get tiresome but for me we need an at least well we need another four outfield players okay All so right. the, you can you can roll with the punches right. as far as injuries go. Okay. so so but the, but that it's all about that plan that strategy and you're sat in a room saying right you you show me on that bloody clipboard or whatever you're going to use all these that's what, Ian, things i mean 100 right that's you what know, you do that's probably what we'd all do if we were sat there controlling the purse strings but you, you have to question whether they really knew do know because if you don't really know do know what they're it's, doing. it's no good going out and you know you're we talking earlier on about sammy smodix and adalakan and moisa and all these players we've signed who've never really got a, got a, got a try because you've got way too many players you've got mark ashton who 
I think the secret of Ipswich's success, part of it, part of it's the coach that he's got. Who came play. from Manchester United. Other, I don't know where he fitted no, in that hierarchy. Yeah, but, but yeah, all right, we know. Yeah, I know. I know. But hang on. But for, otherwise, I'll lose, lose me thread. If he... The, the big thing is the people that are managing him, because they're obviously not saying, spend what you like, do what you want. They're obviously saying, no, no, that's your budget, kid. Now, you do the best as you can within that, because that's what we can afford. Yeah. So, and and they may have got lucky with the choice of the coach, but he's got, you know, you're talking about experience earlier on. He's got, not hasn't got huge experience as a man. I think this is his first managerial Yeah, job. he was so, doing it, though, look, at Manchester United. De All right, I yeah. Dave wants to come in quickly, but I want to really, finish really with Mark. Dave, Ian, your point. Ian, just go, go and Google, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the the game changer 2020 or the Arizona fire chief pension fund guy. His name's Mark. Oh, I can't think what his, what his name is. Try and Google it. He did an interview last summer before, was it last? Yeah. Summer before last with Ipswich town. And I'll tell you what, there is no way I'd want to mess with him. He comes across as being completely on the ball about, what this football club's done. He's not a football expert. He's employed yeah. the football experts, but it's one of those where he's a tough minded he's a tough minded businessman. Yeah, I and think that, I saw that interview there's, back there's in the day there. Difference and completely take away I think McKennam is, you know, whether he's just a one off great fit for it, so I don't I doubt it. I, and I, and, I, and he's not and they've not smashed the cash. Deal. They're not doing it with high wage earners that have come in. But it's, it's a if, if you look at it, it's a trend. Yeah, yeah it, it's a trend that's developed in the game yeah. because Mill will have done the same thing with Joe Edwards. Yeah. You know, get we'll get rid of the older yeah. established manager in their case, Gary Rowett. And we'll bring in this. Well, with Joe Edwards, it, with Joe Edwards, as we said right at the top of the podcast, right, it ain't going that well in recent weeks. Right, I need to finish, guys, because uh, we've done just over the hour. Mark, I just want you to have a little uh, piece from you. Um, do, do, do you think? Do you think the lads have said about signing players, but the loan options are there? Do you think the dressing room is strong enough to be able to cope with? I'll say up to two loan players coming in. And a few people have commented, and I noticed it last night. Uh, I was listening to, watching the game, part our commentary and part Blackburn's commentary. And funnily enough, Blackburn thought, Blackburn's commentators thought they got away with it last night based on our second half performance. But interestingly, a few people were saying that Naki and Naismith, particularly in the first half, weren't being massively complimentary about we seemed a bit confused or what have you. So Pearson's argument against bringing loan players in was dressing room's not strong enough or we don't want to develop other people's players. Could you see loan players coming in rather and particularly if Atkinson and McCrory and people like that still aren't fit, but loan players coming in to shore up this season, yeah, because we're going to be struggling to get in the top 10 if things carry on the way they're going. Mark, just to finish. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think even think about, about the playoffs. I mean, the club will do their due diligence. You wouldn't want to bring in Mavericks like Morelos, for example, not that we can afford him, the ex-Rangers player who's 
who's just left his team, I think, in uh, in South America, in South America somewhere. So you try and do your due diligence. You won't want to bring in mavericks who are, who are too loud. But, I mean, this whole thing about dressing room harmony is, harmony is a myth. You'll always get players with egos. You'll always get quiet players. It's up to the manager to you know to get the best to get the best out of those players and try and hold it all together so not everybody's going to be at the same mind that's ridiculous it's the same in an office isn't it it you know you're a manager of a company you're going to get different different pe people people who like to talk a lot who are loud and brash people who are quietly just get on with their jobs and really professional and stick at it it's knowing how to handle those people so i i, I expect us to bring people in i wouldn't worry uh, about the harmony of the dressing room, I just get the best players for to do the job. Just get a better, do a bit of due diligence. It's going to be about availability. It's a lottery. It's a loaning clubs and a selling clubs market in January, so it's going to be very difficult to get players. We're not going to spend a lot of money. We, it just won't happen. Let's so Palmer to come back. He scored last night, didn't he? Where is he on loan at the moment? Is Newport. he? It, is it Newport? That's good. Players, I mean, that's what your boa needs to do. Need to go out on loan and get regular football. Uh, like Ian said, man's football, you know, a bit physical in a, in a lower lower division where he's playing from the start, gets knocked about a bit and learns the game like Semenyo did. That's why he is where he is now, you know, at, New, at Newport. Yeah, it's possible. Possibly, but I'd rather see our players playing regularly in the in the league, or our better players, because they'll be better when they when they come back, like Cam like Cam Pring. Yeah. So yeah, let's get two or three players in January. I reckon we'll only possibly get two, maybe only one. But we need a goal scorer because it's the goals that are the problem. I know. We, we're creating okay. chances, we're not scoring. Okay, we'll be doing our Sunderland review podcast at recording it. That is at six o'clock on saturday dave great to have you on um i know your commitments are always there but dave i very I'm much like you came on after the uh, after the birmingham game which is the tail end of christmas week i'm sure you know you'll uh, be a welcome break from uh, mince pies and present opening so that'll be the birmingham game uh ian uh, you'll be back with me on um on sunday I did say Sunday morning at nine, didn't I? Yes, a home game. So Sunday morning at nine. And yeah. Sunderland could be yeah. managed by the young, inexperienced lad from Reims, whose club have been paying 25 grand a game to FIFA because he's not got his coaching badges, or maybe he has now, but that's how much they valued him. So two, I'll call them uh, um, textbook managers rather than experienced players in the game. But everybody who's listened, uh, Ian, one final point Dave, just yeah, just a quick one. There, there, well, two quick points. If all these managers seem to be getting hewn, you know, these younger guys getting hewn from the same block. So are we going to get a situation where you've just got two teams out there all the time, absolutely counteracting what each other are doing because they're both trying to do exactly the same thing all the time? And that's just for, for people to think about for another day. The second thing is a, a point that Mark was making about personalities and young managers. And what I've always found is, and Dave made a point earlier about trying to change too much too quick. The other mistake they make is they think that the world began with them. When the, And football managers are terrible at this. They go into a club and everything is gone behind. The players aren't fit um, and everything's bad that they go into. And sometimes I think you have to sit down and think, Hang on a minute. The world didn't begin when Liam Manning walked in. No. And there are things at the club that are very right. And there are things at the club that are very wrong. 
and this period of assessment and i've seen it i've seen it in business a lot this period of assessment is very 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 important because you can rub a lot of people up the wrong way very unnecessarily by trying to go at it like a yeah. bullet again and and too much change all you do is is confuse people yeah. and and th there's nothing worse than having a company where everybody's wandering around in a state of confusion i'll tell you that now anyway guys thanks a lot for that thanks everybody for uh, listening and uh, we'll be back with another uh, match review uh, and uh, i'm i'm on the sunland's what the folk podcast uh, so i'm featuring on that before uh, the game dave one final point from you <laughs> yeah just gonna say ian the, the guy's name is mark steed s-t-e-e-d worth having a little read of and there's a video out there somewhere as well and some of the listeners might want to have a little read about right. it as well but i just repeat that yours, mark steed is a member delivered. of Game Changer 2020. He's yeah. on the Arizona Pension Fund yeah. board. If, if, so he's if, a custodian any, of the money. Yeah, if any of you have watched Deliverance, that's kind of what I think would have happened to Mark Ashton if he'd have messed up, okay? There we go. All right. So uh, what him and Mark Ashton on tuning banjos? <laughs> For the very last time on this episode, have a good week What's wrestling. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Going to put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rivers Robbins are ba ba bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red rubber starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.